0: I cannot wait for you to hear this episode, where I had the pleasure of speaking with the wonderful Christine Carlson, a New York Times bestselling author and world-renowned speaker who is really passionate about spreading her message of waking up to life with joy and gratitude, even through all the ups and downs that come our way. After the tragic and unexpected loss of her husband, Dr. Richard Carlson, with whom she has co-authored the legendary series of books, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Christine's life was flipped upside down. And after learning to heal and move herself forward, she admits to finding so many miracles in the midst of heartache, eventually learning more about herself and living her most vibrant life. After hearing Christine speak at a seminar years ago, I was so inspired and I dreamt about having her as a guest on my podcast. Not only do we share a very similar name, but we are both passionate about the idea of living a dream life, a life that you truly love. Just as she did with her husband, Christine continues to dedicate her time to helping others to move through similar challenges and heartbreaks, helping people learn to stop sweating the small stuff and go from heartbreak to wholeness, which is also the title of her incredible book. In this wonderful episode, Christine shares some of her favourite tips and tools for working through huge life changes and difficult times, as well as remembering that some things are bigger than us and that sometimes we just need to ask for help. Tips for moving from a victim's mindset to a hero's mindset. The importance of making choices that will move you along the path of healing rather than staying stuck finding the silver linings and the gifts in life, even in the hardest times. That grief, no matter how painful, is also part of living. Letting your fear guide you into greatness rather than hindering your progress. The power of embracing the unknown, the importance of seeing the extraordinary in the ordinary, the power of letting go of expectations, the importance of gratitude and meditation, that dreams happen in baby steps, and so much more. This episode is so full of wisdom, so let's get right into it.
1: Hi, Christine, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, Christina. So good to be here. Thank you so much.
0: I'm so excited to have you. I don't know if you remember, but um, I met you when you were speaking at Robin Sharma's Titan seminar a few years ago, and um, I remember seeing you on stage and I just was so inspired and I just thought I'm gonna get to know this person one day and then we connected after and kind of kept in contact living in different countries but it's amazing to have you on my podcast and when I did my I do a dreaming exercise well I do that all the time but I specifically did one for all my dream podcast guests you were one of them so I'm very excited to have you on here.
1: Oh, my goodness! that of course, I remember you, and I remember you because not only do we have the same name, basically,, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but you're so beautiful, and you're you know you're just shining, and there was several gorgeous women sitting at a table, and you were one of them, so
0: <laughs> oh, thank you so much, thank you. <laughs> Before we get into our conversation, I would love to ask you a question that I ask every guest that I have. What were your dreams for the future when you were a child? What did you dream about being or doing or having?
1: I definitely dreamed of having an amazing relationship, married to a man that I loved and cherished. and I dreamed of having a beautiful home and having work that I love to do and having a family. And living in a place where I could really spend time in nature and um, appreciate just, you know, just the beauty of Mother Earth. So those would have been among my, probably my childhood dreams.
0: Yeah. And I feel like you certainly have lived those dreams and are living those dreams right now as well.
1: Yeah, I definitely have. I mean, it is, it is pretty amazing. I think about that a lot, about how blessed I am and about how grateful I am that, I have fulfilled so many of my dreams, but then again, I've, I've lived a life that I could never have dreamed of too. So my life has far surpassed my dreams. I will tell you that in so many ways.
0: Your story is amazing. So maybe for some of the listeners that may not know you, please tell us a little bit about your story.
1: I'm an author uh, alongside my late husband, uh, Dr. Richard Carlson, who was the author of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And I co-authored several books in that series and authored a few books in the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff book series, both alongside of him and then after his very untimely death about 14 years ago. So we had a very amazing marriage. We were married for 25 years and had two grown children well, they weren't fully grown when he passed away suddenly 10 years or 14 years ago on a trip to New York. He was on a plane and he had a pulmonary embolism while on that flight. And so he died very suddenly. It was very unexpected. And we were in our mid 40s. So it was a time in our lives where we were kind of at that peak performance level at the peak of many of our dreams, or at least climbing to, you know, our greater dreams. And so yeah, so then I, of course, as you can imagine, went into horrendous grief and and healing, and pretty much put all the tools of the "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff" books to test. <laughs> and you know, since have since, of course, healed and led many women and people on a, on a journey of healing through my own process of grieving and returning to joy. So, you know, it's just, when I say it has been a greater life than I could have ever dreamed of, That I really started, you know, Richard met every expectation that I ever had of the man that I would fall in love with, that would be the most amazing husband and father and friend and lover and everything. And, then, of course, at his death, as most people experience, my life completely fell apart. And yet today, 14 years later, I'm living a new dream and a new life, but very much the fulfillment of my destiny, I can say. So it feels very on purpose to the where I should be in my life at this point. And it, and it still is an amazing life.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah, having read some of your books and l- listened to a lot of your podcasts and and, and your own podcast as well, I'm just always admiring the way you see life. And and having gone through a lot of challenges myself lately, it's been so helpful with all the tips that you've done. So we're not going to get into that. But um, for most people right now, there is so much uncertainty and there is so much um, suffering. And I know people suffer all the time for different reasons with illness or, you know, losing people in your life. But right now with COVID and all the changes, people will be losing businesses and losing jobs and, um, and really suffering. What kind of tools can you share for our listeners who are in that right that in the middle of that?
1: Well, you know, like all of us, when we we'll go through a huge change in something of this magnitude, I mean, it is basically survival for a little while. You know, it's like, just do your best to stay grounded in the present moment and just know that this time period is going to get better. It is going to get better. You just have to survive if you're in that place. And I hate to say that, but there's, because it's very little comfort to somebody who. Is really looking, you know, to feed their family, and and who may not be able to make their house payment, and and yet I think looking for the assistance and um, that you can, and asking for help and the support of your community, and you know, this is a time. You know, I haven't gone through something like that, but having lost my husband, I did go from being a very envied woman to suddenly being a very pitied woman overnight, and. I remember just knowing that this was bigger than me and it was it was too big for me to handle on my own. I couldn't have done it without the support of great friends and my family. And I think during these times as a community, you can't be too prideful. You have to just be in it together. And as a community, we need to all step up and help the people around us when we see somebody in need. I mean, I'm walking by people all the time that are clearly homeless and I'm pulling every bit of cash out of my purse whenever I have any and I'm handing it to them even though they're not asking. And I think this is what's required of of people for those who are in need, you need to ask for help. And for people who aren't in as great of need, you need to step it up, you know, step up your giving game, you know, and and give as much as you can right now.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think we're we're all in this together. So I think that's the the silver lining in here that is much more understanding. And I think life will never be the same for so many of us because there have been so much that we all went through, not just because sometimes I think it's hard for people to relate when people are going through some specific suffering if you haven't experienced that yourself. But I think in this kind of circumstance, we are all going through together and some obviously suffering more than others.
1: Yes, absolutely. I know it's, 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 it's really difficult to speak to that, like, because it all sounds very trite when, when, when you know that they've got some really serious, there's some very serious problems for so many people right now. And my heart just, you know, my heart just breaks for what the entire world is going through right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been listening to your book, uh, Heartbreak to Wholeness, uh, The Hero's Journey to Joy, which, which has been so, it's so great. And I recommend everyone to read it and I will link to it in the, in the show notes. But could you share your message in that book and especially the mindset from, you know, being a hero versus a victim?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And I, you know, I love this book so much. It was such a joy to write because it really was the culmination of 10 years of healing for me. And, you know, I take people on a journey, no matter what you've been through, whether it's the loss of a loved one or a divorce or even the loss of news of your health. You know, many people go through an annihilation of their identity on so many levels for so many reasons. But the common element that we end up with is that we are heartbroken and we want to heal. And I really believe that the best thing you can do from the start is start to realize that you, you have had this horrible thing happen and it has left you feeling very wounded, but you can't sit in victimhood. You have to really choose to be a hero. And so I really hope to take a person by the hand in this book and guide them into their own hero's journey. And that's why at the back of each chapter, I've done a soul um, mantra, soul inquiry, and I give people the questions to answer and then encourage them into a writing process of journaling so that they can write their own hero's journey and it's very loosely you know i i sort of looked at joseph campbell's work and i just thought you know it, it really is like when you choose to be the hero you really do go on this new trajectory and while i didn't follow that um, template of his mythical journey of the hero's journey directly I definitely saw the template worked for a healing path. And I definitely realized that I had been on that healing path. I didn't know of his work when I first lost Richard. But of course, I started hearing about it um, years later. And yeah, and so I just I I sort of loosely depicted the hero's journey and, and showed how that really is applicable to healing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so what what are the key messages for people who want to to go from a victim mentality to a hero's mindset?
1: Well, I mean, really you you have to make that choice all the time that you aren't gonna be victimized by your circumstances. And what I mean by that is that the the victim sits in self-pity for a long, long time, if not for years, sits and waits for life to happen, whereas the hero They feel just as bad about what happened to them. Don't make any mistake about that. (laughs) They don't sit in pity. They don't stop living because this thing has happened. They're embarking on a journey to recover, to recover aspects of themselves, to recover a better life for themselves, to make choices that are going to move them along on the path of healing versus staying stuck in in a waiting position where you don't heal at all
0: you talk a lot in your books but also on your podcast that you have that choice but how do we how do we actually take that choice because when someone is really sad it's really hard to i guess choose that when you actually don't feel that way so how do you go from from that
1: i would say that this is a philosophical question that everyone needs to ask themselves is let's just say, have you ever had something really bad happen to you? And then later on in your life, you look back and you can see how that thing that looked so bad, that breakup, you know, that whatever it was that created this large pivot turn in your life actually was the best thing that happened to your life. And most of us have had those experiences where we see from the back and looking back, we can connect the dots and we can see that in fact, those things that look very awful in the moment are oftentimes the pivots that turn us towards something that's actually moving for us. And now this is tough because it, it takes an insurmountable amount of faith and a lot of hope and a very positive attitude to be able to say that there's Happened for me, not to me. And that's a big philosophical difference. And that doesn't mean that we don't get victimized or we don't have things happen to us. It just means that you have to have the faith that somehow, as you heal, as you progress on the journey of life, that you're going to see how this worked out on your behalf. And I think when we have that philosophy, it's incredibly helpful towards stepping on the healing journey. And it's incredibly helpful toward taking action towards creating a better life because you've deep down you have that faith that somehow I can't see how this is going to work out, but it's, it's going to work out. I have these experiences quite often. <laughs> And I have things happen and people would be surprised to know some of the things that happen in my life. And it doesn't mean I don't go through moments of disappointment or moments of sadness and moments of anger. But, you know, I don't let it hold on to me and I don't, I don't let those things, I don't stew on those things. I basically, I just say, you know, I can't see it now, but I know this is going to work out. It'll be fine in the end. And that's when you can say, really, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, it's all small stuff. <laughs> you know, it, all, it does all work out in the end. So it's just hard when you're in it. But this is when you're in it, you know, it, it, it's worse if you have a victim mentality. It's much, much worse when you make yourself the victim and you continually do that. Then, if you know that you've had something bad happen to you, but you're going to stand with a sense of self empowerment, because you know you can manage, you know you're going to. It might be hard. Life is not easy, but you can step forward and step into whatever's given to you, because there always, always, always is a solution to every problem.
0: Yeah, and I call that like silver linings. There's silver linings in absolutely everything. And, you know, in every negative situation, there's a positive, And in every positive situation, there is a negative. So I see very much like that. If anything, I, I think I get criticized for being too positive in um, in challenging time. But I think it's the way I've decided to just see life. And I'm absolutely been a victim and I've been <laughs> suffering. and um, But the way I see, especially I think in business where there are challenges all the time, and um, and sometimes, you know, I look back over, you know, the 20 plus years I've been in business and um, there are so many things that I was really disappointed by or, you know, suffering, but, you know, looking after, I'm like, oh, thank God that didn't happen because we would have gone to that path and now we're on this path and even the most... Terrible um, situation that I've had the last few months. The silver lining is amazing. Now we're partnered with an amazing new partner in the US, and it's it's really exciting. So, so it's just there are silver lines. Just really difficult to see them while you're right in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, I think there's a space where you can't see it. You just have to, you just have to get through it. That's why I said early on. You know, there are people that right now you just have to survive, and you have to stay grounded enough to survive and. I mean, certainly we all face those different times in different ways where it's survival until it's something more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You talk about finding a message in the mess, which is what we've just been talking about, but you found that through Oprah. I'd love you to share that experience with us.
1: It was really Oprah who really helped me to clarify my own message and what I was to bring to the world. And I was sitting on her stage with her and I was I turned around, she put Richard up on her big screen behind me. He was like bigger than, (laughs) I hadn't seen him in a year. And it was at the first anniversary of his death. And there he was kicking it with her on Oprah. And I looked at her and I, I couldn't talk. And I was supposed to read and I couldn't talk. And she put her hand on mine. And then she said to me the words, Chris, do you think that Richard's death gave you the gift of feeling your life. And that message was so poignant to me. And it was so true because I think what can happen and what happened to me is I I got a little complacent when he was alive. I, I We were so successful. We had so much success that I had gotten a little bit complacent. And I hadn't realized that I wasn't really living to my values, really to my truest potential. I was wondering right at his death, what am I here to do besides being a great wife and being a great mother? And I was feeling kind of numb. I wasn't feeling my life like I did in grief. And then suddenly in grief, I felt so much more awakeness. And I felt I began to feel so much more aliveness And I never really realized that I was so numb to my feelings up until that point. And I think that that has been one of the great gifts that grief taught me and gave me and that my loss showed me, not that I'd ask for any more of that, but (laughs) it definitely showed me that life is fully alive and that you can live fully alive and fully awake amidst all of it. And that, you know, grief in and of itself, as awful as it feels, is also a part of living. We you know, if you're not alive, you're not grieving. So (laughs) it was a very rich moment for me
0: yeah I bet I bet I think it's again it's a silver linings when you when you go through this mess or sadness or challenges uh, one of the things that I've been doing the last few months I've been going for lots of walks and listening to lots of different audiobooks and different teachers and and that's been a silver lining because I, I have come across so many amazing books and so many amazing people that I probably wouldn't have if I didn't go through this and I call my girlfriend every single morning um, when I'm out for a walk and um, I of- often say to her like yes I have so much issues so many issues because <laughs> because we wouldn't be, you know we talk about what we're learning and we read both of us read every morning and we share what we had yeah and it's ama- it's amazing and you know she's just gone through a divorce and so she dealt with Lots of different challenges that I have, and it's um, it's been um, obviously it's been really tough for both of us for different reasons. But we have had lots of laughs, and we had lots of learnings, and a lot of ahas, and so you know, again, it's the it's the silver linings.
1: Oh yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, if you're gonna go through this hard stuff, you want to have takeaways from it. You know, there's a reason. For hard things. And usually it, it means that we are going to learn a lot and we're going to grow a lot and we're going to get super resilient.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have been talking about how kids are suffering now with, you know, not being able to go to school. And and um, I just had to, like, to my kids, I'm like, this is your um, resilience lesson. You're just going to have to deal with that to do schooling at home. And again, it's been a lot of silver linings. And because I, Trouble so much, we're very used to their homeschooling kind of taking a couple of months here and there to, to and do school from different places around the world. But uh, so they were probably a bit more adjusted to it, but but still having to learn everything themselves. But I, I, I think that's just that's just preparing them for life. I think in school they're very protected and it's all very planned and it's all kind of go to to plan. But I think that's the silver lining in COVID that there have been some, um, and, and you know. Not all good, obviously, because um, it's a lot of kids have suffered and fallen behind, etc. But the resilience lesson has certainly been there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I feel very badly for the children that are, you know, suffering because their parents are alcoholics or they're, yeah. or, you know, it's like, I can't even think of anything worse than being stuck at home with a parent during a pandemic. But, you know, again, our hearts have to, our hearts and our prayers have to go out to those kids because that's difficult situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there is this beautiful poem that your husband wrote, If Tomorrow Never Comes. I'd love you to share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is a beautiful poem. It was a poem that Richard left all over our house, actually, the last couple of weeks of his life. I mean, it was almost as if he knew on some level that he wasn't going to be here. I found it on my daughter's Desk. I found it in his office. I found it next to um, the kitchen counter. I mean, it was really odd. He just had these copies of this poem. <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, he had written me this incredible letter three years before he died, and it, he gave it to me on um, our 18th wedding anniversary. And it was If you had an hour to live and could make one phone call, who would it be to? What would you say? And why are you waiting? And I put that poem in the back of that book because it was just so profound that he had answered that question posed by Stephen Levine in his book, A Year to Live. And he'd then given me this beautiful 37-page love letter, really written to me and our girls about what he really valued in his life and how he wished that he would be remembered. And so it turned into this incredible tribute to him. I mean, it's pretty amazing that he was such an author and then he wrote his own tribute. (laughs) Mm. I cannot imagine. (laughs) I always thought that was so cool. Like, I'm like, okay, you you wrote your own fantastic, amazing tribute. Nobody could ever drop this. And then and then we got on Oprah because of it. I'm like, he got it just the way he would have wanted it. <laughs> it was a pretty magical, a very magical time, actually. So magical.
0: Yeah, I bet, I bet. A lot of people who have been, uh, I'm doing my Instagram Monday dream night um, weekly. And a lot of questions that I get through that is how to deal with self-doubt and fear. And uh, I'd love for you to share how you dealt, uh, because obviously fear comes in all sorts of forms, depending on what your situation is. But I'd love to share how um, you dealt with fear and self-doubt.
1: That's such an amazing question, because when I think back um, to when Richard first died, and I thought about what are my biggest obstacles to stepping into the public eye and being a brand leader and... Doing those things that he did. And I I, I remember thinking I had so much self doubt and so much fear about how I would be seen and what would I say and what would my message be and how am I going to do this? And, you know, and I I think that for me, I just had to lean in. You know, I learned that fear is just your ego trying to keep you safe and protect you against nothing, but. But the ego makes for a great story why there is something to be afraid of. But I learned that in order to understand what kind of fear was, you know, especially emotional was really important because if I knew that my ego was actually creating my emotional fear, then I knew that that was a place I absolutely needed to go. Like, for example, I could public speak, but I wasn't crazy about public speaking. It wasn't like I was terrified or scared, but I didn't really like it and I didn't really want to do it. So I just said, Oh, okay, your ego doesn't want you to do it. So you need to lean into that and you need to do more of it. I just looked at it as a way to guide me, you know, to guide me toward the things that would be my greatest forms of self-expression and would be bring out my greatness, you know, and lead me to becoming a better servant, a better public servant, being able to speak clearly and to define these aspects of healing that I was going through. So and sharing, you know, and I, I just, you know, For me, it was about taking action. For me, it was about not allowing my fear to stop me, but allowing my fear to guide me forward. So that's quite a different take on fear than most people have.
0: (laughs) But I think most of us have some kind of fear, you know, going out there. And and when I, I talk about people creating their dream life, and when I talk about dream life, it's not a perfect life. It's a life that is designed by them and for them, whatever that is. It could be a, you know, a very quiet life, it could also be a life that is really big and global or whatever you want to, 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 whatever you choose to do. And it's up to each person. But I think whatever you choose to do, it's out of your comfort zone. And I always talk about if you have dreams and you, if you have that inside you and you want to create those dreams and make them happen in your lifetime and you don't take action that's going to be uncomfortable because you know that there's something more out there and then you have the other one which is what you've done where you know you're you're taking that step you're creating that but then of course that's uncomfortable as well and then you just have to choose which uncomfort you want to be in and I always choose the one where you take action and you know public speaking was never something I I liked but I decided just to do it and take action as well so I loved you sharing that it's fantastic
1: yeah I mean it's like what the heck, you know, we both have a podcast. I never thought I'd ever have a podcast. (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) Kind of crazy, you know, but I think when you, when you don't let fear or, or for me, sometimes now I turn fear into excitement. Like I think, and I actually now because so little makes me feel uncomfortable that, I actually now I'm like, oh good, oh good, oh this is good. This is really good. This is good. I feel really uncomfortable, you know? So I I, I was just at my doctor the other day and I was saying to her, I go, God, you know, I, I'm doing this exercise class. I had to amp my exercise because I was putting on a little weight. And I started doing this exercise class with these thirty five year olds. And I go, God, I think there's something wrong with my heart rate monitor because they're like saying they're at one forty two and I'm at like one 10. I'm not even, a, I'm not in, I'm on fat burn mode. I'm not even, I'm jumping all over the place. She goes, Chris, that's because your heart rests at 51 beats per minute. <laughs> and I was like, she goes, yeah, your EKG, your heart rests so low. You have a, a very efficient heart. And I go, oh my God, that's probably why people think I'm so calm because my heart is barely beating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But I think there's something in that, in terms of um, getting used to feeling uncomfortable. And um, that's a feeling that I, you know, I don't love it, uh, but I got used to that feeling. And it's something that I know that when I feel that I'm growing and I'm getting to, you know, the next version of myself, whatever that is.
1: Absolutely. And I also think another aspect of that is everybody's uncomfortable with the unknown. But if we're really honest and we really understand how, you know, life works, all control is, is an illusion anyways, and that everything is unknown. Until it's known, it's unknown. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and I actually think being in the unknown is an incredibly creative place. It's, it's an incredibly creative place because something is born from nothing. In that place, you know, we have full access to all possibilities. And I think when you can start to think of the unknown as instead of being unsettling as being like, Oh my God, this is like having the universe open up everything to the dark night sky and there's stars everywhere. (laughs) You know, it's a different mindset, you know, it's just, and I actually really love, I love spaciousness in my calendar. I love like not knowing what I'm going to be doing next, not knowing what's happening next year because it just leaves it wide open for great things to come up and great things to happen. Now I didn't, I didn't plan on COVID. That wasn't on my vision board.
0: (laughs) I don't think it was on anyone's,
1: (laughs) but I feel like in a lot of ways it's been a great reset for me and it's, you know, brought me, different things than I would have seen this year you know di- it's a different experience than I had planned but it's just as good on a lot of levels you know it's just different
0: yeah absolutely and I I, you know again the silver linings it's um, I travel so much and I love traveling but it's also quite tiring so having a, a year where that option wasn't a possibility that that's been really good for me because I love reading and I love that you know not having things in my calendar. So on the weekends that where I could just read and go for walks for hours and just really you know, spend time with families, it's really nice. So, so there's something good in every challenge that we are facing. I'd love you to share your golden pause because when I met you, that was the first thing you did with um, us as an audience. And I'd love you to share that with, with my listeners.
1: Oh yeah, all right. So golden pause is really just a guided imagery uh, meditation. Do, should we try one? Yes, please. Okay. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably. And if you're not sitting and you're doing something, just use this as a breathing exercise. But if you can, it's ideal if you can sit down for a moment. And this is very quick. It's literally just very fast. So we're not going to keep you here long. <laughs> just place the palms open on your lap and close your eyes and just begin to breathe with me. And as you breathe in through your nose, allow your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And on the exhale, just release and let go of what doesn't serve you. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. On the exhale, release, relax, let go. And breathing in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing you feel grateful for. And as you think of that one thing, breathing in that golden gratitude to every cell of your being, exhale, release, and let go. And breathing in golden gratitude to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes, through your heart, through your core. Exhale, release, and let go some more. And breathing in pure golden gratitude to every cell of your being. On the exhale, allow that gratitude to wash over you like a cascading waterfall of pure joy. And breathing in golden gratitude one last time to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes. Exhale, release, and open your eyes. That's about as quick of a golden pause as I ever do, but it works. (laughs)
0: It's amazing. I just did it. I love it. Oh, it's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I remember that at the Titan Summit that Robin Sharma does. It's, there's just so much adrenaline. There's so much excitement, and there's so much you know learning. And you know, my highest value is um, to learn and personal growth and personal development. So I was like, I was so excited. And then when you started, and it was like going back to like, you know, yourself and it was a beautiful way to start your talk. So thank you so much for sharing with us.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I have learned that if I start my talk that way, it just brings me into such a grounded place in myself. And I, then I can just, I'm in myself so authentically, whereas, you know, sometimes, you know, you can be a little out of yourself and be in your ego or whatever. So the golden pause, it just brings me deep into myself and i and it connects everyone to themselves and and i think it's just so powerful because as soon as you can connect to gratitude even the smallest thing to be grateful for even if it's just taking the breath that you're taking you've given yourself a tremendous boost you've given yourself a boost on all levels your mental boost your spiritual boost your physical boost and you have found a spot of joy in your heart because your heart registers gratitude as joy so it's a pretty profound thing to practice and and that's why i do it on my podcast too because i want people to realize they feel consistently like this so the more they do the golden pause the better it gets and the better they get at it and eventually you know somebody can just place their hand on their heart and they can just they'll, they'll just naturally feel that sense of pause and because they've practiced it so much
0: yeah, absolutely. I love it. Talk to us a little bit about your gratitude practice. Obviously, through your meditation, but is there any other way you'd practice being grateful?
1: Yeah, you know, I think over my lifetime, I've always practiced this. So I, I really am always thanking God. I mean, I'm really constantly thanking God. It's the, it's just an ongoing dialogue I have. I'm like, thank you so much, God. Thank you for protecting my family. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And so I'm more of a thank you girl than I am a ask for what I want girl. (laughs) Like So it's, it's like I find myself in bed before I go to sleep, thanking God. And I find myself when I wake up in the morning, thanking God. And I I wake up very excited about life almost every single day. First of all, I'm really excited to go get my coffee in the morning. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> That's the best part. Yes. <laughs> it just makes me go, ah. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I I really do wake up very excited to start my day. And I and I just feel grateful. I'm I'm just I think I'm just naturally very driven that way. I'm a very positive person I've sort of trained my brain to be that way I imagine
0: yeah it's a beautiful thing you know it's funny I I get up early and uh, I love my walks in the morning and it's you know some people say how can you get up so early it's like it's the coffee for sure (laughs) it's also the going outside and connect to nature and just feeling alive I just feel like you know when you start that way like the challenges and the you know the business of the world and work etc just feel so much better when you have had that start and it's what gets me to bed early because i just cannot wait to to go out and this morning and i was walking, um listening to you in my ears with um, from your podcast and then i was thinking i am so excited about this and i'm so grateful that you know i i managed to get to Robin Sharma's Titan Summit and then um, meet you and then you know have you on the podcast and then I was getting a coffee and I just thought life doesn't get much better than this so it's the moments where you actually are feeling that gratitude and it's you know it hadn't even happened um, these uh, moments and so, so I think gratitude ahead of time and also gratitude after is is a beautiful thing to to um looking forward to something but also to um relive your moments
1: Oh, I thank you so much. I have a huge smile on my face right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And I'm grateful also for the opportunity to speak with you and to get to know you better and to speak with your listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much.
0: No, thank you. Thank you. Do you do any journaling? And if yes, how do you do that?
1: You know, I go through real streaks with my own journaling. Lately, I said recently, I thought, you know, I just thought for the heck of it, I would try that Noom app, you know, that new like diet weight loss app, because my doctor said, I'm not overweight, I'm actually quite fine. But she just said, you need to lose five pounds. I was like, five pounds. I'm always trying to lose five pounds. <laughs> so I, I was like thinking, you know, I should just journal about what this is like because there's something here, you know? And so my own journal practice kind of comes and goes. I journaled a lot right after Richard's death. In fact, my journal became my first book after his death, which was um Heartbroken Open, a memoir through loss to self-discovery. So But, you know, journaling for me, I write so much that it it becomes like difficult. Like sometimes I think my Instagram or my Facebook posts are my journal now, you know, because sometimes I like to just go in the morning and write my thoughts on one of the platforms and just share, you know, just some kind of insight that's come up for me that morning. And then I have a lot of work to do in the morning. It's my productive time. So I usually get right to my work early in the morning. And then I exercise.
0: I'd love you to share how we can not sweat the small stuff.
1: <laughs> well, that's a, that's a hundred chapter book. So. <laughs> <laughs> so just take a couple of golden nuggets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, one of my favorite ones is do your best, let go of the rest. You know, it's, it's like having lower expectations of life actually sets you up for a greater experience. I mean we think that it's our expectations of life that drive us, our high preferences for better things and all these things, but actually it's those very things that cause the disappointment that oftentimes feels that we can't things that we can't recover from. You know, whereas like you do your very, very best at whatever it is you do, and then you let go of the expectation of what it how it's actually going to perform then things generally perform great or fine. Or if you have no expectation, then they're absolutely divine (laughs) because it's already exceeded. If you let go of the outcome, then it's already exceeded any outcome because you don't have one. So you're just looking for all of the good stuff that's coming. And then when something doesn't work out, you're not just devastated and it doesn't just stop you. You actually do a pivot. You know, you say, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. I'm not going to turn that into some big drama in my head. I'm just going to just let it go and do your best, let go of the rest. One of the chapters I really, really love is about um, having ordinary life become quite extraordinary and really seeing the extraordinary in the ordinary. I mean, that's a powerful statement when, and we're really living that, we're really living to that right now with this COVID stuff, because in this COVID time, we have to really, really appreciate ordinary life in ways that we've not been asked to do so in a hundred years. So when you're at home and you're, you know, baking or you're cooking or you're, you know, you're used to a different lifestyle, you know, let's face it, it's the small joys that become the big joys right now. And the more that you can appreciate ordinary life, the better you're going to be. So it's really about seeing how extraordinary. Life is around you and engaging more deeply and really seeing the ordinary is quite precious. So I love that one. And then the last one I'll say is keeping life in perspective is about asking yourself, you know, will this matter a year from now? Will this thing that's bothering me matter tomorrow? Will it? In, in those answers that, that come, you know, and if you say, yes, it's, it matters a year from now, well, then it's a big deal and it is a problem to deal with. If it's not, then you're sweating the small stuff. And tell
0: us a little bit before we get into um, the quick questions, how your life is now and how you're living your dream life.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel very much like I'm living my dream life. I really do. I I can't think of any way that I would be living differently right now. Of course, I would be living without COVID like the rest of us. COVID is not a part of that dream life, but it is. I mean, you know, I, I am. I'm, I'm living the life of my dreams. I'm living the life. I really live the way I want to live. I, I love my work. I love what I do. I have five gorgeous grandchildren that I absolutely adore. I have an an ebony black boyfriend who is just beautiful inside and out. <laughs> I have... My homes, which I'm just, you know, just, they feel like nests to me. And yeah, I'm living my dream life. I, I love everything about my life right now. I have my health. I have, you know, I, I feel like these things that are really the big things, you know, when you have your health, you have a roof over your head, you've got a way to provide food for yourself and others. Those are the big things right now. And I, I have those and and I'm, I'm really quite content. I have my moments where I get a little bit like antsy. And then I just call a friend and I say, you know, I have several friends that have also been very careful. And so we see each other, but you know, if there is at any risk whatsoever, we just stay in like, you know, if I think I've might've possibly met up with somebody who wasn't living as carefully, then I'm very careful after that, you know? So we're very careful about what we do, but I'll just call a friend. I'll say, Hey, can I come over? Let's go for a hike, you know, like, and get myself out of the house and so i'm, I'm very much a pro-action kind of person
0: i love these conversations it's been so many amazing things so thank you I, I want to get into a few questions that are a little bit quicker if you could recommend to a young person on how to live their dream life in terms of what tips would you give them
1: it depends on where you are as far as your career goes, but I would definitely say follow your passion and just remember one thing in life, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And I always say to young people, really just allow life to lead you in a way where if something feels really hard and it's, it feels like you're pushing too hard and, it's, and doors are not opening, it generally means you're just moving in the wrong direction. Make a slight shift one way or the other, go a different direction and see if it doesn't get easier. You know, there's a way in which, if you're willing to shift your own actions and your own choices and where you're looking for opportunities, that things will start to open up magically for you when you're on the right path. And the more that you try to push hard and push up against what isn't working, it's like a sign to you that says, nope, this isn't the direction you're meant to go in. Go a different direction and just keep moving, you know, the idea to just keep moving forward on your dreams, you know, and dreams happen in baby steps. And then the other thing I would say is, just knowing myself and how I was as a young person, I say that patience really matters to the fulfillment of a dream. And you have to have a lot of tenacity, you have to have patience, and sometimes you have to wait for the right time. And that's hard for young people. It's hard for me now. It's hard for me to wait for the things that that I'm dreaming about that I want to happen now. But waiting is part of creating and being patient and still moving forward. And just knowing that it's baby steps that it's, you know, the journey of a 1000 miles begins with a single step. and, And that's every day. You know, if you if you're on an entrepreneurial path, you know, as you know, more than anyone, it requires a lot of flexibility, you know, and, and you have to deal with problems and not think of problems as problems, but think of them as just creative opportunities in a way. Just creative. You have to be very creative in your solution making ability. Yeah, those are the things that I would say in how to create a life of your dream. You know, do your best to follow your passion follow what excites you. And if you can't do that, and you're more survival bent, then just start someplace, you know, like I told my youngest daughter, she wasn't sure what she wanted to do with her life. So I just said, well, just get out there, you know, get it, get a job, like (laughs) get a job and see where it takes you, you know, and it hasn't taken her to her dream life yet, you know, but that's a sign to move in a different direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just to to try. And I always say you don't have to be great to start, but you actually have to start to be great. So it's kind of just that, you know, start with a single step and then try different things. And if it's not for you, you can always change. And that is the beauty of life that um, it's it's up to you. And tell me a little bit about your morning ritual or another ritual that you choose to share.
1: Well, we have always subscribed to the idea that how you start your day is how you live your day. And That means that I really love to get off to a peaceful start. Now, I will go have a sip of coffee before I meditate, but I meditate every morning. and I listen to a lot of Deva Pramal. I listen to Celtic chants. I listen to Hindu chants. I'll listen to some spiritual music while I'm kind of opening my eyes in the morning. I don't look at my phone for quite a while. I I make it a very deep practice to not look at my phone until about 20 minutes after I'm awake. And that's really important because I think it's it's really tempting to go to the phone and to start jamming on your phone right away. And it's really, really kind of negative for your brain because how you start your day is how you live your day. So I start off peacefully so that my day no matter what happens, I, I get to a peaceful place pretty easily now.
0: Yeah, love that. Thank you for sharing. I love reading. Have you got a favorite book that has made a difference in your life?
1: Oh my God. Yes, I, I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> of oh, it, <very, very. laughs> You know, um, there's a couple books that I read during grief that have profoundly impacted me because of the time period that I was in. And I read The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle then. And I read Coming Home by Melanie Beatty. Is that who it is? And then I read Hema Children* When Things Fall Apart. I love that book. And I read Cahil Gibran's The Prophet. And some of my very favorite books of all time are The Game of Life by Florence Scovel Shin. She was like in the 1920s, just such a prophet and just so much like telling the secret before the secret came out. Yeah, <laughs> Like she already knew the secret. So she had written this, that book, The Game of Life. And I love that book so much. I read a lot of books. Especially I love The Buddha's Brain I love Dr. Daniel Amen and a lot of his brain research. I've done a lot of study with, I did a podcast series on brain health and that was fascinating. I went through their whole scanning. That was super fascinating. They scanned my brain. They said I have a really great brain. So I was like, right. (laughs) I was happy with that. I was like, they showed me why and you know, showed me just interesting things they can see in your brain scan. They can see old injuries. Like I had some kind of injury when I was a very small child and they could see that I was an entrepreneur. They could see the creativity, all that creativity that I have in my brain, because there were parts of my brain that were really lit up um, that other people's don't light up. If they have like a very rote job or they're a corporate executive or something, they have a very corporate job. They don't, their brain doesn't light up that way. So they could see all of that. I mean, I was like fascinated. And then he could also see that my prefrontal cortex was getting a little lazy, you know, like that. I just said, it's just tired. I've made so many decisions. It's just fatigued. <laughs> 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 it's, it's fatigued. He goes, well, you need to do something that stretches your yourself, like to really stretches your brain. He said, you know learn a new language just do things that are very different for your brain cuz it will help your brain to get less lazy you know so i was thinking, yeah oh, i haven't done that yet <laughs> go figure <laughs> they gave me a lot of vitamins to take but and i take those the most one that i really love is the fish oil i think i've noticed a huge difference just taking the fish oil. They said there's like several vitamins that you absolutely should take and that's vitamin D and fish oil and a multivitamin. Those are all the really imperative ones for your brain. So, yeah, it, it's
0: fascinating. The last question I have for you is if you were to go back to say that when you were in your late teens, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to her?
1: Oh, I would definitely tell her not to sweat the small stuff. <laughs> without a doubt that would be the very first thing I would say is you know what all this crap you worry about none of it's gonna happen (laughs) I would definitely say you need to take a chill pill you are way out of control (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would have said just, just relax a little bit, you know, that your life is going to be just fine. You are going to be just fine. You are enough as you are. You don't need to be anything more than you are. And, you know, I, I guess that would be the biggest thing is just to realize that, gosh, we just have the world. We have it at our fingertips when we're young and We just don't know it. Like, we just don't know it's all going to happen, you know, (laughs) and to relax, to just ease into it, you know, ease into it because it's all going to be fine.
0: Amazing. I cannot thank you enough. This has been such an amazing way to start my day. And I know that our listeners are going to absolutely love this conversation. So thank you so much, not just for being on the podcast, but for all the amazing wisdom that you are sharing to the world, the way you do it in such a beautiful way and supporting way. And I cannot wait to follow your path in life. And one of my dreams actually is to attend one of your retreats when you start those again, obviously with um, the things that are happening in the world, but um, I'm sure you will have amazing things happening and I will be there and I cannot wait.
1: Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I cannot wait too. Thank you so much for having me on and I'm going to be a listener on your podcast now.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch base soon and thank you again. Thank you. Wow, I just loved speaking to Christine and I've learned so much from our chat. The way she has managed to find the silver linings throughout her life and teach others how to work through their difficult times is so inspiring. I really loved how she spoke about letting our fear guide us into greatness rather than letting it stop us in our tracks. And how taking action is so important in moving forward, even if it's just baby steps. Hopefully you were able to take some tips and tools away from this episode to help you manage through any challenges you may be facing in your life. And I really encourage you to read Christine's books as well. You can find the links in the show notes. If you find this episode inspiring, I would love you to join my private community group, Your Dream Life Podcast, and share what you found helpful or what you enjoyed. I love hearing from you. You can find the link to the community group in the show notes. We have so many wonderful guests coming up in the coming weeks as well. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss them. And don't forget to tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. If you want to see more what's happening in my life, you can follow me on Instagram at Christina Kiki Until next time, dream big.